Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Day number 10 of the 12 days of podcasts. Going to go through the lineup real quick. Cameron, Cord Jefferson, Tinashe, Bun B, James Rico from Real Goats, Gia Peppers, Jorge Penache, Young Baby Tate, Illmind, and today, Jim Jones. Jim Jones, Capo, Status, Harlem's own, our friend, Jim Jones. Woo! Jim Jones on the podcast today. Jeff, I don't know what to say. It's pretty damn awesome to be friends with Jim Jones, to have him come over to our apartment and hang out. He ordered pizza. To eat eat pizza for a while, talk shit, give us advice, give us business advice, congratulate us sincerely, walk around and like appreciate our art that's on our walls. I mean, there's nothing more to say. Like it's, it's, it's honestly really fucking dope. It is really cool. We, we we walked to dinner afterwards. Um, we didn't have lunch yesterday, so we're like, fuck it. Let's go to dinner. Like, we felt really good after this podcast, and we're walking, and, and man, we were just like, who would have ever thought? Yeah. You know, that's one of those moments when you think to yourself about what you've built, how you've done it, never selling out, staying true to yourself, and one of your musical heroes... And you know what? I'm sorry. It's it's more than just one. We have a whole bunch of our musical heroes that we're friends with that relate to us and appreciate our work ethic and our, our product. And that yesterday was a good night. I mean, it was a great night, but it started out as a very rough morning. Rough morning. There was a lot of cancellations and moving people around and people are going to come in the new year. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's a lot to schedule 12 podcasts in 12 days. It's really incredible. But yeah. but more incredible was that we got this episode done. It is, it's a really cool bookend to our Cameron episode, having that at the top of the Twelve Days of Podcast. So I hope that you guys check that one out. Listen to this one. There's a lot of crossover. It's really great to have them both come and hang out and talk some diplomat shit. So and uh, and Jim wants to come back in 2020. He will be back in 2020 for sure. Yeah. Jeff. Uh, if people are new to us, if people have just found us and they're like, oh, who are these guys? And listen, the last couple of weeks, a lot of people have found us and said, who are these guys? Yeah. Well, we've been around for 12 years, so yes. there's a lot of stuff that we've put out on the internet because we put out weekly products for, every for, week for, for, for a long 12 time. years. If you, if you Google, it's the real, easiest thing to do. Yeah. You'll find our website. You'll find our videos. You'll find our podcasts. You'll figure out who's who. And uh, and do check out our content because it's pretty dope. Ask Jim Jones. Jeff, when do you want to get into this episode? Right after I tell people to subscribe to all those different places. <laughs> like YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter. All those places. Yeah. Anywhere where you listen to podcasts, wherever. Subscribe now. Comment. Rate. All that. Jeff, when? Right now. Yo, what up? Eric, a.k.a. Dr. Zizmore, a.k.a. Fix Your Face. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Nick, Joe, Kevin, Jewels, and Cam, a.k.a. the Jim Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Hey, uh, Jim Jones, a.k.a. Don't play with me too much. Yes, yeah, your third favorite podcast to waste time with It's The Real. Get out of that. Get out of that. Exactly. Jimmy, what's happening? Pretty good. Just want to state for the record, I don't know if you saw these green apples here in front of you, but the last time that you stopped by here, you pulled out a green apple from who knows where, like what bag, like what, where you got it from, picked it off a tree, something. And started eating that green apple, and our fans went crazy for it. And they started leaving like green apple emojis on it because they were like, because you started eating it on the mic. Yeah, but that was like, it was. And it became a thing. But it was also the first time you had been on the mic the entire time. <laughs> so we, we went out and we got you a bunch of green apples. Thank Should you. you want one? Yeah, or, I was looking at or them. Or 15. They look, yeah, look pretty good. They're fake. Yo, <laughs> no, no, okay. no, they're real. They're real. They're real. Yo, when we ran into Jim uptown, we told him that we moved. He was like, oh. Y'all don't live in the kitchen no more? We're like, no, but thank you very much. You know, appreciate you. <laughs> the kitchen was a nice, cozy effect. <laughs> Jim, it is uh, Christmas season. Yes. And you know us. We're Jewish. We never celebrated Christmas. Right. I mean, we do uh, Chinese food in a movie. Yeah, that's our celebration, right? That's yeah. cool. But what is your family's most ridiculous, ridiculous family tradition? What's the thing you're just like, we're doing this again? Um. We didn't really have too many traditions, but hopefully we could open up one gift at 12 o'clock. Yeah. And then, you know, the regular family dinner. But, you know, as far as the craziness, it just was all of my family when they got together at 
all the holidays and Christmases and New Year's are some of the craziest holidays for my family. So, you know, you never know what to expect come around those holidays with the family when they get together. What are the other big holidays you guys all get together for? Uh, Easter, yep. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, do you do any of the cooking? Me? No, I don't know how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all? No, nah, no cooking for me. All right. You bring the gifts. Yes. <laughs> I pay for the food. You saw that we had Cam up here um, a couple weeks ago, yeah, and he went uh, crazy viral because he was talking about dinosaurs. Yeah, he says that he does not believe in dinosaurs. That was a new one for me. I, <laughs> I never knew he felt like that about dinosaurs. And then he said he learned it from Duke. Duke the God is different. <laughs> <laughs> He's digital, so he might have learned that from Duke. Duke has a different... Um, perspective on life than yeah. most people do. <laughs> what else have you learned from Duke? It's funny because when we were younger, Duke would always talk about digital and everything being futuristic and things like that. And here we are where everything is digital and being futuristic. So so he's right about everything. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's right about everything, but he kind of gets the gist of he gets the gist of it. My man Duke the God. He's I like, think we can all agree that dinosaurs do not... He has, he, Dealing with a person that has a full disco in the middle of his living room. So he has a full disco in the middle. I mean, middle. I don't know how it goes anymore, but I know he had the full disco DJ set and all in the middle of his living room. So that's how we should rearrange our living room. It'd be very dope. If yeah. we got if we got Duke up here and we got him to talk, number one, would he stop talking? And I mean, it depends on where you take him, but he has a lot of valid points. And number two, do you think there's anything he could say that you haven't heard before? Um, you never know what Duke. <laughs> Duke philosophies <laughs> tend to vary every day. He, he knows a whole ar a range of things, but you know, Duke is—he's a smart dude. It's just that he looks at life different and yeah. very, uh, very in tune with the music. He made some of the best uh, albums. Well, mm -hmm. now they're albums. They were mixtapes when we were, when we were coming up, but they're definitely albums now. He made some of the best albums out of the Diplomat. Like he's a great and all has a great ear for beats and production and stuff like that. He's very creative. Beyond the dinosaur thing, one of the things that I was most shocked about was that when we asked Cam about one of his first jobs, he said that you and him worked at the liquor store together. Yes. And we were like, yo, How'd you guys work together? And he was like, we were great. He was like, what? He was like, legal drugs? He was just like, that was, that was awesome. What do you remember about working in the liquor store? I don't know what he's told me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say something that he has. <laughs> he said that his drink of choice was Alizé. Yes, that was what he would... Definitely enjoy that. Make sure his Alizé was on deck. Um, he said his mom was, was the connect, on, the way in there. Yeah, his mom was the way in there. Um... She let us come in here and run things, and um, Cam led the way, of course. Um, it just was dope experience to be that young, having an establishment that we were running, um, having fun at the same time. I was in the middle of the Bronx, in the South Bronx, so. And at the very, very beginning of the rap career, almost at the <laughs> beginning, but the fame started to rise from Cam's notoriety from the freestyles and the mixtapes and everything. So the liquor store became kind of a hot spot for a minute since because of his notoriety as one of the doper up and coming rappers from New York. Does that mean people would pull up and like try to like give you like, you know, CDs, up, whatever? People, nah, just showing love. People yeah. pulling up in cars, all types of buying liquor, champagne. Like, they was just showing love. It was like this, the, to be at a liquor store to buy your liquor in that area because of the notoriety that we had. And we would bring little rappers. We had mates come up there a couple of times. Like, you know what I mean? It just it worked out. Yeah. What do you remember about um, DNY at Mart 125? Um, yeah, that was dope. That was a dope era back in the days. They was like a, a, a permanent fixture instead of, instead of a. Mark 125, Mark 125, that was definitely dope. Um, yeah, then why they did a lot, man, for the culture. I mean, before they were actually in their music, um, I was actually there when they started to help Cool to Love manage Mace. There's a whole bunch of stories around that at the time. but um, Tell us every single one of them. <laughs> no, man. Legend has it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't want to put too much out there. He's so crazy nowadays. But DNY were definitely some dope figures in the music industry. Um, they were definitely uh, well respected in the streets. Mm -hmm. um, they understood uh, how important music was to the world, and how important Harlem was to the world, and how important New York was to the world. And they kind of put it together. I mean, Rough Riders uh, was one of the illest movements that the music has seen, and they did that single-handedly from knowing what true talent was from 
the locks to DMX, DMX to Eve. Yeah. To, you know what I mean? They, they, drag they, on. Yeah. Drag Swiss. On. Yeah. Swiss. Like they bring it full circle. They they really had their finger on the pulse. So I should say D. And no disrespect to anybody else, but I think D led the torch on that movement with mm. all his creativity and his smarts and kind of using his hustle that he did in the streets and put it inside of the industry. And, you know, he had a very, he had very big pieces on the chessboard with DMX yeah. and Eve. They yeah. were both, and, and Swiss, of course. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, shout out to DNY and the whole Rough Rider family and see the lock still out here making money, staying relevant. You know, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To maintain that relevancy in this game, for sure. So many years later, but you know, I mean, it's unfortunate that D had such a crazy accident mm-hmm. in the midst at the height of their success. So, I really think that we didn't get to see Rough Riders' full potential, similar to what people would say about the Diplomats. Is it wild to you that when you guys started in 1997 to get to 2019, and Jim Jones has one of the greatest albums of the year? Cam just dropped his album and everybody's talking about it, that you guys are both up there in terms of relevance, impact, and, and legacy. And that you guys are friends now. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's, that's gotta lot. be wild. Um, it feels good, I mean, to know where I started from, to know where I'm at now, um, and still be able to still do music and people take me seriously and the kids still love me and, and, and adore some of the things that I do. And, Ladies still seem to find me handsome, I believe, you know, so. How do you feel when people say this is your best project ever? Um, it feels good. Do you agree with it? Um, it's a dope project. Yeah, what, what does it mean to you in comparison to everything else, though? I mean, if you go through my albums, those, all the albums is about everything that was going on in my life at that present time. Yeah. You know I mean, like, uh, I, I, my, my favorite album to date would be Pray For Rain. Wow. I mean... Uh, just because of the circumstances around it yeah just like everything that i went through at that point and what i had to go through and that was kind of the album that i made when um i was being blackballed at the time and i didn't even know it but the music that i made on the album was incredible for the time i made it and the the people that were were competition i mean if you go through that and listen to the albums i was around that i but you know we're here (laughs) <laughs> El Capo was a dope ass project. People seem to love it, love it, love it, and I appreciate all the, I pre- appreciate all the props and everybody calling my phone and telling <laughs> me how much they enjoy it. And you know, it's just dope to be respected for your craft and them putting you on another level or another tier of doing music when it comes to actual bars and things like that. I mean, like Cam said, I've been practicing. I've been <laughs> doing this for a long time. You take enough jump shots. <laughs> you're liable to take, make everyone you you take after a while. I mean, it becomes clockwork. But I really, I really, really been doing it for a minute, and I just it be it became a point to prove to myself at a time. Like I know I'm kind of ill, and I don't think people was hearing me. So let me figure out how I could make them hear me a little bit better. I was looking through a bunch of your like uh, your old like Getty images in like because I knew you were coming over here. It wasn't just like me just doing that for fun. <laughs> um, but I, I was looking through and I, I saw at one of your release parties, you had people like uh, Curtis Blow came out. DJ Red Alert. DJ Red Alert. Like, what did it mean to have like these veterans, these pioneers? What did it mean to have them like show up for you? Um, that was pretty dope to have our icons like that in our, in our rap game. I mean, I don't know if the younger kids know exactly who these <laughs> people were that you said but for me coming up to know those people came to my event was pretty dope and these are the people that I grew up listening to these are the people that I learned hip-hop from and things like that so like when you were coming up who did you want to impress with with your rhymes it was Cam that I really wanted to impress with my music out of everybody else it didn't really get I mean even though Mace probably helped me the most about when it came to writing the music as they came to and shit like in terms that. of structure or whatever yeah but mace kind of broke it down where I, in layman terms where i really understood what cam was trying to tell me if that makes sense yeah. like what like it just broke the structure of making a of making a rhyme and how, how it was supposed to go in a compound and what was a compound and shit like that you mm-hmm. know what i mean and it made more sense to what cam was trying to tell me when they tell me to be in the studio when he was doing his music and shit like that you know what i mean and i had to figure it out from there and then cam used to tell me boy if you could rap your music the same way you act in the street, hmm. you're gonna be a star. And that's what I started trying to do. 
for years I didn't understand what he was talking about <laughs> until I kind of finally got comfortable with doing the music it was kind of uncomfortable like how easy he, the <laughs> movie was for a minute when it came to doing music but I figured it out would you find the biggest like obstacle to be getting into the music industry I mean shit I dealt with a lot of shit but I didn't really have to deal with too much shit anyway because I kind of you know, Cam already paved the way for me. Cam and Wells already like gave me the, a, a full alley oop. Like I didn't have to go through a lot of the things they had to go through. By the time we went to do my solo solo uh, albums at Koch and things like that, Diplomats was already hitting. And when I got to do my album, I had to answer to nobody. It was <laughs> me and Cam figuring it all out. So I didn't have. To, I wasn't at Def Jam and had to get all type of signatures to do all type <laughs> of things. Uh, pretty much, Koch was my Def Jam. I was the dude yeah yeah um what was the first time you meeting shice bubs like i do the, the whole how purple city and shice bub came about to the diplomat family was i was looking for weed one new year's eve <laughs> on 145th street shopping at the same time that's and a good tradition yeah shice was in there and i guess he heard me asking people for some smoke if you're not familiar at that time you could Get all type of haze up on 145th, but um, he said I got the smoke. He gave me a dub. I mean, Joel's wrote it up, jumped in uh, Cam's Benz, I believe at the time we had. I had it. Um, smoked it on the way uptown on the <laughs> FDR Drive. Made a U-turn and Dagman came back down to find Shice. Went to his block. Um, it was like 58th Street or 59th Street at the time, something like that. And um, the relationship is. It's never so clear since then. <laughs> and then I introduce uh, Cam to him and the rest of the counterparts. And he, he, he the Purple Haze was his, his way into the family. But yeah. Shice is a solid dude. I know yeah. Shice for 20-some years Crazy. right now. First time I met Shice Bubs, he was doing a uh, a spreadsheet. <laughs> a spreadsheet? <laughs> yeah. He was at Johnny Shice's office, and he was in a cubicle. <laughs> doing a spreadsheet and by the way like it was like a bombed out sort of like situation uh, yeah oh yeah and he was in there doing work <laughs> yeah, i mean he's smart yeah, yeah. he's smart yeah, you can put him in you put him around some stuff he'll catch on i definitely say he's one of the, the faster learners that i bring around me i had a lot of people around me a lot of people close to close to the close enough to the water they could do their own fishing but i guess mm. people didn't understand the concept of that and shice did he was one of the first people to end up getting a deal off of the diplomat affiliation and, yeah and that was one of the things i was the most dopest about him that he understood it so i could imagine you've seen him doing a spreadsheet yeah yeah in the office um what was your first time meeting puff like because like he started going for you guys like you know the first supporting time we met you puff guys was on the puffy world tour i believe it was and that was like right after cam got signed that was the first thing we did we wanted to put us on a Puffy World Tour as the open acts. Gave us like $600 a piece per diem money <laughs> to go away for 30 days. Riding around on buses? Yeah. What makes How was that? It was a great experience. Yeah? To jump in the game and be on a tour of, of that level and capacity. It was just dope to be next to Puffy, Busta <laughs> Rhymes, and... All of them. This was a dope experience. Like a lot of people today, they'll talk about how happy they are that, that social media wasn't around when they were coming up mm -hmm. what's something that you experienced that you do wish you had uh either filmed or 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 taken pictures of or in some way recorded a lot of shit a lot of shit from high school a lot of shit from the beginning of our career a lot, a lot of concerts we on a lot of shows me and cam did um shit in the moment the the, the ladies that we would like it's <laughs> everything the excitement the, the cars the, the, the trips I definitely, definitely, definitely would have had the trip we took to to with Mariah to Italy or wherever it was. She Damn. had to walk up ten flights just to get to the top of a mountain <laughs> where her house was. <laughs> then she flew us from there to the Aspens for Christmas, and me and Cam escaped Christmas Eve because there was no way we could spend Christmas with Mariah without a <laughs> family. We were young and stupid. We talk about it all the time. We were supposed to stay, stay, stay for Christmas with Mariah. Regret it every day. <laughs> Regretted every single day. Cam told us that when John Monopoly and John C brought you guys out to Chicago for the first time, uh -huh. <laughs> that you guys were like, "Yo, we need to go see where they shoot Good Times, Cabrini Greens." And and Don C's like, uh, it's not "I the, not yeah, the best thing we want to do." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they actually took us, and then and you guys had like the actual camera. We had cameras, and then they were like. Infrared beams coming inside our cars and shit like that. So Don C was right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, <laughs> we bust a move out of there. <laughs> what other cities did you go to for the first time back then that were like super memorable? Like, you know, going to like LA for the first time or going to like Miami for the first time? LA was good. The first yeah? time I went to LA, I'll never forget. I don't know if Cam told you the story where like, well, he picked you up in the big 15 passenger from the airport. We got a driver, and that's our first time in LA. We riding down Sunset. They got a big fucking billboard of sugar. A big <laughs> fucking billboard of sugar. Now, keep in mind, this is what, 97? Oh. Pac just passed away, 95, so sugar was still. So, hand busts out. Fuck sugar, man. <laughs> Fuck they talk about. You know, just bug it out. Yeah. The driver stops the car, pulls it to the side, turns around very polite, like, excuse me if you'll keep. Talking about Mr. Shook like that, I'm going to have to let y'all out and I won't be able to drive y'all anymore. Me and Cam said, <laughs> serious out here. Word up. That's what I remember about the first time I went to L.A. That was, that was nuts. But yeah, we went to L.A. one time, went to uh, Ice Tea House. Uh, him and Too Short was in there talking hella pimp lingo. Hella, 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 hella pimp lingo. <laughs> Super pimp lingo. <laughs> I remember they was talking shit. Uh, I'm not even, you know what, see? I'm not even going to get in. I'm not, I don't. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Let's just say they didn't understand Trick Daddy's name because <laughs> it started with Trick Daddy. <laughs> and they didn't go right with the pimp lingo that they were used to. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, what was your first time on a private jet like? With Cam. Yeah. Pretty dope. Via Def Jam or... Who knows? Okay. Cam was getting so much fucking bread at the time. He had Jets and Cristal and everything else going on at the same time. So but private Jets, that shit takes off like just, you know, on yeah. a crazy angle. I mean, so was that different for you? Like you're just like facing backwards like or something? That time, we were so high and drunk. <laughs> everything was a blur. We just go for it. I mean, we were young, man. We started this when we were 19 and, and 20. Like people got to understand we fresh out of high school. We started our hustle, but our hustle got cut short and we our hustle turned into the rap game. Mm -hmm. So we were very, uh, very interesting at that time. I mean, <laughs> we didn't have no guidance. Um, Do you remember the best thing that you got over on Lior or, or Kai's or? No, nah, I didn't really have to get over on none of them. They was cut, they was cutting checks. Like I, I got in the building to figure out how to get the money out of them. So I ended up being a consultant for Def Jam that they were like paying me $100,000 a year. I ended up um, getting paid for doing all Cam's marketing. I ended up directing all Cam the Diplomat videos. Mm -hmm. I ended up engineering all Cam session for his for his music. Super like ahead of your time. Yeah. I just started just I ended up starting getting like forty thousand a week just off of all the But it was never like you guys got a private doing. jet to go from like Jersey to New oh, York. Yeah, or they something. always <laughs> did that. They always set jets out for Cam and them. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. When you pop it and you got platinum artists back then, mm -hmm. you're doing whatever for you in that label. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was the last time you were on a private jet? Who's, weeks ago. Whose jet was ago. that? Oh, it's definitely eight months. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely was chartered. <laughs> of course it was chartered. <laughs> what was the most pressure you felt in recording something, whether that was like a follow-up album, a feature, or like talking shit amongst a beef? Like, what's the most pressure you felt in the studio? I how to do the ball and remix when Jay tried to get at me. I said, I got to sting his ass. But, you know. Did that turn into like a long session where you just like kept writing and rewriting? Or? Nah, I don't write like that. Today, you're just I'm trying to figure out the right things to say. I mean, I write a little bit different. I don't use mm -hmm. a pen and a pad, so I'll jumble the words up in my head. But as far as the toughest, I would say that probably was the, the toughest or you know, the hardest thing in the studio that I was up against just because it was such a dope moment in my career and I had yeah. to figure out the angle. And the best angle was for me to use it as my actual remix and that was the dopest part about it and yeah. shit like that is when I flipped is when I flipped it and shit like that yeah. who was in the studio with you? Uh, me, my wife one of her friends um, regular mm -hmm. so then when that shit comes out do you sit there and like wait like to hear Flex like play it? when you make it you send it to Flex like bomb this nigga. <laughs> bombs nigga Hiroshima <laughs> bomb me up no but that was a good I think that was a good moment in hip hop um you come across these uh, verbal warfare, and if you're not equipped for it, that might be your exit to the game. And Jay's a small person like that, and he tests everybody in a certain way. 
You know what I mean? It's, sometimes yeah. it's a term of endearment in the midst of all the confusion. So, you know, I appreciated it. It definitely helped me out. No um, kidding. What was your favorite time at 106 in Park? <laughs> My favorite time? I mean, I'm sure they were all your favorite time. But what was your really favorite time? I don't know. Maybe it was when I helped Terrence and Roxy get their job. Really? Yeah, they had called me like, we need you to help us pick the next host for 106 in Park. I remember we went there and they had about 20, 30 kids and shit like that. And I mean, those were the two. And they was like, yo, give Roxy hell. And that was one of the dope <laughs> moments. And, like and there was a lady named, and lady there that worked there named Penny who was very dope. She she loved all the black, well, I'm not saying black artists. She loved all her artists. She looked after the artists. I mean, especially if, if you were one of her favorites and stuff like that, she definitely made sure you were in the building. So amongst those like 30, you just like, you, you just had an eye for well, it? We, did we, inter- we interviewed a bunch of them at the time. They would bring them in front of me, bring them in front of a couple other people, and then those are the people that narrowed down, and they was like, listen, these are the two. I want you to give them hell to see if they going to crack under pressure and things like that. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So you went off the edge? Like, did you <laughs> put on a show? <laughs> Roxy held her own. I yeah. can remember that. So, you know. What about your favorite time at Hot 97? My favorite time at Hot 97? Oh, man, there's so many. There's <laughs> so many. Um... The most memorable moment was when Cam probably first went to Hot 97 after he signed one entertainment. They wanted him to freestyle, and he wanted me to freestyle. And I freestyle, and un and them were pissed off with Cam for letting me freestyle, saying I ain't this, I ain't this, and I ain't that. And then um, I remember DJ Clark Kent pulled me to the side, like, I don't give a fuck what nobody told me, you dope. Keep writing your rhymes and keep rapping, you're going to be, be some. Shit. Wait, how did you feel... Hearing what the unentertainment guys said about you, and then also, how'd you feel when when I didn't Clark care about nothing but what Cam said? What about what Clark said? That was dope. Yeah, <laughs> so like I know but, who Clark Cam was. He's a very important person in the game, and I'm not saying that, but he's you know, I mean, he does yeah. different things. But as yeah. far as being directly in the industry and making yeah. calls and stuff like that, what? Clark Kent yeah. was important in 1997. Yeah, yeah. very important. Yeah. You know I mean, by he, the way, shouts to Clark. He was supposed to be here today as well. Yeah. yeah. Shouts to Clark. Shouts to his whole family. Shouts to his son. Shouts to everybody. Yeah. yeah. So who was the DJ that night? Um, was Flex. What do you remember about going to Renee McLean's and and you like you know actually like making up the the CDs when when you were doing the K-Slay mixtapes? Well, Renee and Lillette, I grew up with his wife when we were younger in, in school and stuff like that. And Shout out to Lillette, yeah. They were just dope. Um, uh, Enough was there. My man Vic was there. It was old, but we were- Cast like, One? We, we didn't have Cast One, very young at that time. We <laughs> didn't have any management, so Renee and, and Lillette were very instrumental in the beginning of our career. They came on as management. And I didn't understand management, and I was lucky enough for them to give me a kickback of 5% out of the 20% management wow. fee they got from Cam. Wow. Dig, and they were absolutely right when I looked back. I tried to get 10, but they were like, you obviously don't know anything about <laughs> management, but we understand the dynamic, and that's your guy. And so, and I was pretty dope, and I appreciate it. Good for them for that. looking out. 100%. So, but but that case lay mixtape era was, you guys were running a different it. monster. When Diplomat started making mixtapes, I was telling Got it at the other day on 145th Street. That's people making millions of dollars off a of mixtape. And Luca used to make upwards of $100,000 in two days off of different mixtapes. Well, when did that's a fact. So it's, it's one thing to get your borough, like, you know, hot. But, like, how'd you understand that you were killing it in, like, the middle of the country or down south? Oh, oh, I was going to say, like, Staten Island. Or but yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's a better. That's a better uh... I mean, you, you get the feeling. You, the labels had the reaches and stuff like that. And Cam was pretty smart. He knew exactly what he wanted to wanted to see different promoters start calling you like that 100 yeah so you go down south is it a different feeling at that time for new york we were always we were like some of the first new york artists to kind of mix new york with the down south music and make it make sense and felt feeling good and all that so down south has always been like home for us especially atlanta stuff like that north carolina south carolina yeah what was it like when 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 master p came up here that was dope yeah that was dope. I mean, he was wasting his time. He told Cam at that time, boy, I'm, waste, I'm worth 22 million. Y'all got me out here playing games. Y'all got like 15 minutes left for a bustle move. <laughs> okay, P. My bad. You see these 200 bloods behind us? What are we doing here, man? <laughs> we going to finish this. Bet you that. <laughs> Good time. Did P roll up with anybody? It didn't matter who he rolled up with. It wouldn't yeah. have been enough at that time. <laughs> I was banging, banging. Oh, you banging, banging, banging. 
You blood, blood, <laughs> for real, blood. That's exactly how Ice T and Too Short were talking. <laughs> they was pimping, pimping, pimping. Yeah. You pimping for real, pimp. Um, so, aside from this apartment, what is the whitest room you've ever been in? <laughs> the whitest room? I used to work for a lady named Lisa Buxbaum on 86th Street. She was a Jewish lady, and a kosher Jewish lady. Put foil paper in the Whoa. cupboards and stuff like Whoa. that when Lent come around. And that is like way that. more Jewish than us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, holla at me. Yeah. Well, what, were you, what were you doing for her? <laughs> yeah, welcome to the tribe. <laughs> did advertisement and stuff like that, so she was good at like doing making Lipton's tea new mm. cover for their box and stuff like Whoa. that. And then you were doing just like assistant stuff? Yeah, clerical work and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy it? It was cool. I was young. I was probably like in my senior year of high school. Um, you know, I was making some money. Um, was, Is that like a path that you would have like gone down? I don't know. I mean, uh, I had a strange kind of life, like a half and half type of life. Like in the daytime, I was a good kid in school and tried to be a good kid, a pretty smart ass. When I got home to the hood, it got different. But I went to Catholic school. Me and Zeke got kicked out the first day. In Cal- the same day at Cardinal Hayes, me and Zeke got kicked out the same day. Going into our senior year. Um, after that, I went to Julia Richmond High School. When they got there, they were like, you have all your credits. You have to take a test in December. And it doesn't even matter if you fail or pass the test. But to take to get your diploma, you have to take the test and sign it and all that, and you could go. So they was like, you want to do some classes or you come back and just, I want to do classes. <laughs> so I ended up doing no classes, ended up cutting. I went trying to find my classrooms for like three days at a time, for three <laughs> days, and I see my man Omar, he comes and like, man, we don't do class, we going to the gym, takes my book, storms in the garbage. <laughs> but I was covered because I already graduated and shit like yeah. that. And then, um, where were we at? Y'all got me talking about high school. Well, no, no, but when Cam, when Cam decided not to go back to high school right after he lost the basketball game, it was just like, my heart's not in it. Did you know about that at the time? Well, Cam's role was different. He was dope with basketball and he really wanted to play basketball. And he was in the beginning of us getting high and doing all type of other stupid shit and being in the streets. Wanted to get fresh more and we want to follow after our dreams and shit like that. And he got caught up in that for a little while and then he got the opportunity to go to college and went to college and fucked up and then came back and lived with me and then from there we was able to catapult our careers from the 5H department and the projects. Pretty good. When an OG, when you were growing up, would lend you his car, did you drive it recklessly? Did you drive it like extra carefully? And did you ever end up like banging up a car on accident? Nah, I mean... I got my first car when I was like 17, 18. Cam had his first car on the same age. Um, only other car I really got is probably my next door neighbor Carlton. We would steal his mother car when we didn't know how to drive. <laughs> going down one way streets and all type of wild shit. Just, just, just going for it. <laughs> like a whole bunch of you in the car? Yeah, like a whole 14, 15, like five of us in the car. Just going for it. Fucking his mom shit up. <laughs> Huh. Side swiping, shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of car was it? Like an old Monte Carlo or some shit like that. Uh, did you return it to like the same spot? Yeah, we definitely were parking <laughs> in the same spot. <laughs> She's like, "What the fuck happened?" Yeah, it's like Ferris Bueller. Yeah, hundred percent. We definitely was on a Ferris Bueller shit. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Where's the furthest when you guys held a cab? Where's the furthest that you would go? Held a cab or put a cab on hold? Yeah, put a cab on hold. We just put it on hold. It was like, back then it was like $30 an hour on hold or $35 on hold. We'd call up, yo, yo, we're 01, 01, 01 working. 02, I think that was CD number. That me and Cam used to always call for 02. And he working, he come pick you up. 30, but but if you were like, yo, this is a- take you across the world, no matter where it was. <laughs> Think of a fuck. DC. No as, as he get paid by the hour. That's it. My man Light used to keep them shits on hold for 24 hours at a time. Yo. He was getting a lot of money. What is the most surprising thing of yours to you that's gone viral? Like, is oh, it? Mine's? Yeah, is it? Is it the, the the weather report on Instagram? Which is great. The weather report I like. I just finished actually doing, finished a deal with I won. Oh shit! So congratulations. Yeah. The first uh, seven day weather report show would be on January Friday, January twenty seventh, nine in the morning. My first report will go. Viral. That's that's that's, that's crazy. Brilliant. Yeah, and amazing. Mm-hmm. Cause you just did that like yeah, just like for off fun. The, yeah, oh, I did it a few years ago inside of 
was in Miami and they had one of them hurricanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And person that works for me named Reggie called me like, man, you you stuck down there with Chrissy. You might as well just do the weather. People go crazy. I'm like, you're right. I'm bored. I'm stuck in the house. What the fuck? That shit went crazy. Wild. Boom. Yeah. And then um, a few people from the industry started hitting me like, that's a brilliant idea and things like that. And me and Chrissy be talking about like, yo, let's just. <laughs> It was me and Chrissy that started it. She would hold the phone for me and do all the funny shit. And then it started doing taking a life of its own. Then I stopped for a second. And I started for a second. And I got with Ali. So let's try to create something called Lit News, where we use yep. IG as our platform to get the news across. And Jada was doing the sports, Jada was doing right? Sports. Yeah. And we had Shaheen Reed doing like yep. red carpet events. And Nori was supposed to do current events and things like that, which. It was a beautiful. It's a beautiful platform and a beautiful idea. I don't think I stuck with it the way I wanted to, but I always love the Weather Report and reporting real news the way I want to report the news. Because it's I mean? so you. Yeah. So, and then I just you know every now and then continue to do the weather when it's extreme conditions outside. <laughs> and, um, I had went to was I one went to, I one did some for one of the albums doing interviews for a bunch of the sites over there and. Um, Got to meet with the person who runs it. I'm like, yo, I got some ideas. <laughs> I didn't have no ideas. But I, I, got, I got some ideas. You got to slap for me? Like, yeah, come back at me anytime, anytime. Well, all right. Call him a couple months later. Like, yo, yo, you serious? He's like, yeah, come up tomorrow. I went up. First thing I told him was the weather. Showed it to him. He said, this is it. I don't, I, shit, you can tell me the rest, but this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Let's, let's, let's go with this. Yo, that's and so that key, like though. That was a month and a half ago. And that's so key, though, to be, you know, to go into a room, even if, you, even if you don't have any ideas, to tell them you do and then, like, see what the return is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty good with being creative and coming up on the spot with a lot of dope shit. That's, I've been lucky with that. But Yeah, anyway. I was talking to Julia from 86th Street. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck is Julia from 86th Street? Wasn't that, that the woman that you interned for or whatever? No, Lisa Buxman. Oh, Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Who is Julia from 86th Street? I was talking to Julia. She, she knows Lisa. <laughs> Lisa but, yeah. Lisa's cousin. Yo, as we discussed the first time around, you don't get the credit you deserve for a whole bunch of things. But um, I want to talk about ad libs. Okay. Number one, do you feel like... This whole thing that you started with, with ad libs on songs and you know, not just repeating yourself, not just doubling up your, your same lyric. Yeah, letting them like run. Yeah, talking mm -hmm. about like, you know, different shit. Yeah. That you don't Sorry, get judge. the credit. Yeah, you deserve. And secondly, what is your favorite ad lib? Um, Baldwin used to be my favorite ad lib. Um, hey, baby. I like, I like, hey, baby. Bunch of gunshots. Um, <laughs> but it's, I mean, not ad lib. It's, not ad libs really complement the record. It's like a diff, it's like another, it's like another rhyme under my rhyme. And so if I might say a bar, then they explain. Yeah, further what the I'm thought. Doing, yeah. yeah. I mean? Like at the top down, do a buck 20. Skirt, skirt. Yeah. You dig? And you just go like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got the gun tuck. F and N. It's the name of the gun I got. Like, you know what I mean? So it yeah. just kind of complements the rhyme I'm doing and shit like that. And I learned that from like, Hearing Slick Rick do an interview one day and saying um, ad-libs is one of the most important part of doing the music and then hearing Tupac say the same thing way hmm. before I was doing music, just certain things that I picked up and just picked up along the way from reading Source magazines and things like that. And so I just remember, it just stuck with me. And then as we started started doing music, I'm like, ad-libs is kind of, you got to do the ad-libs. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Tupac said, you got to do the ad-libs. And I just found my own way of doing my own ad-libs. It helped me out because in the beginning I didn't have the rhythm that Cam and them had. I kind of was like offbeat, but the Alice was something that the people loved and they carried a lot of my music. You read the Source magazine growing up. You were listening to. I had all of the Source magazines. I used to have boxes and shit. So I wish I still had them now. Yeah, but you can get them on eBay. Yeah, not. Nah, <laughs> you don't eBay? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but who is like a collection of people who like really meant something when you first met them and you're just like, oh shit, like. I'm in the game for real. Um, I mean, I was sitting at Puffy Studio with Mace one day. I was like, God damn. Was he there to rap? This is when he had his rec record label when he first signed to the 76ers and was spending all that money and <laughs> going everywhere. He thought he was a rapper. I mean, Iverson, that shit was pretty, that shit was pretty big. Um, when I, um, first time they had a, under them had a party, um, at the Roxy um, dress-up party, don't forget it, they had Cam meet him at a hotel downtown, and we go up there, 
And then um, we in there. Everybody's in there. Haitian Jack. I mean, Cam was like, oh my God, we're in the building. You know? <laughs> this lady comes out, skinny, pretty lady. Skinny, slim, thick. Julia tall. from 86 feet. <laughs> slim, thick, tall, pretty as hell, light skin. She comes out naked. Like, hell, oh, y'all see my dress? What the fuck is going on? And they like, Charlie, get the fuck back and she ended up being Charlie Baltimore. Oh, shit. We always thought Charlie Baltimore was a dude when he said the commission, <laughs> Charlie C.B. Moore. We didn't understand, and then we started the correlation to the movie with C.B. Like, oh, my God, she's a girl. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> but I don't think nobody knew she was a girl at that time when Big was saying the commission. Yeah. There wasn't no Instagram. They didn't have no face to it. It was just the commission and Charlie Baltimore. Yeah. Nigga didn't say, oh, my bitch, Charlie Baltimore. Just was the com- nigga wasn't thinking about a, a girl. That Listen, like- Duke is running around saying the dinosaurs don't exist. <laughs> Shit like that. So, yeah, we're a few more moments, but, you know, when I got when we got to L.A. and got to smoke weed with Snoop, that probably was, like, the bigger. Wow. I was like, oh, because Snoop was one of my That's that same trip, 97? Coming up. About that, yeah. Yeah. It was one of my favorite artists of all, still of all time. So. Yeah. When we got to smoke weed with him, I was like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> what did that weed do to you? It, I don't know. I think I was more amazed at staring at Snoop. You did? Yeah. Like right there in front of you? Deep like, cover, all yeah. that high school shit. I'm fresh out of high school. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Did you like, in that moment, like... Maybe like fan out. Like, did you ask him all the questions that you wanted to ask him, or were you like nah, playing it cool, just like no, this is like I don't fan out. Not on no one. When I got, I got a little bit more famous and notoriety, and I got to be able to speak to Snoop, and I used to tell him, man, you know, you're one of my favorite all time artists. Like, I go crazy for you. Like, even now when I see him and shit like that. When so. Cam told us when you were working at the liquor store, that's when you guys found out that Big was killed. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was sad. it was a sad day because we didn't we didn't understand we were, what was a, what was about to take place because Cam got to rap for Big Mace took Cam to Big House in Fort Lee. Cam got to rap for Big. Um, Big told Cam there, I'm gonna get you signed, Duke. Let's, let's go down. And Cam left there. By the time he got back to me, he told me the whole story. Yo, big ass, two bitches in the bed, all type of wild shit and shit like that. He told me rap for him while he in the bed with the bitches. With the, the, the shit with the, he was had an aunt and a niece in the bed. Some crazy wild <laughs> shit he was saying and shit. And he was like, yo, we gonna get the dealer song. Makes me bring me the big house and all that type of shit. And then Big gets killed. And it's just like, uh-oh. What is about to happen? The big show you went to dealer. You know, we from the street. We don't know no people with no labels, no people or nothing. So I just was like, damn. And then um, we had the liquor store one day, and they like, yo, they shooting um, We Love the Big Pop video in Harlem on Mars Park. So when we locked the liquor store, we went to, um, took a cab to 25th and walked around. And as we were walking around, I see this big dude. I'm like, yo, Cam, that's un. That's un. That's Big man from Undias, that's un, bro. Said, let's go, bro. He like, and he just went up on him like, yo, this is Cam. Big say you gonna give Cam a deal. And he was like, yeah, Duke, Big did tell me about you. Come to the office on Monday, Duke. And Cam went to the office on Monday, and he got a deal. What we did get to ask Cam about, about Rap City, was walking down 25th with Big Les, and you're in the background. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. What was your recollection of like being on it TV at that time? Two, it didn't start on Two Fifth. It started actually on Fortieth Street Park. It was up there on Thirty Ninth mm-hmm. Street and Fortieth. Mace had bring the uh, BT crew there, and uh, I actually rapped that day. But they cut out a bunch of us that was rapping. Damn, I'll never forget that. I rapped that day. Cam rapped that day. And he was walking around Harlem and shit like that. So it was dope. But what we didn't get to ask him about was the Rap City freestyle with Cam counting the money. Dopest freestyle ever to this day, <laughs> to this day. thus far. He's the first person to play with that money like that on camera. Yo, effortlessly. Without a doubt. Do you do you still watch it ever? Um, on YouTube? Like pull up on the gram and yeah. shit like that. People show up, but yeah, that was a, a dope-ass freestyle. We, um, we were just out in L.A. with hip-hop, 
and we mentioned the Rockefeller freestyle from Hot 97. And he was like, oh, yeah, the one that I sit down right in front of the camera. And we're like, I don't remember that. He pulls it up. He, has, he says he hasn't watched it in years. There's his big head that like goes right in front of the lens. And he knows every single word, having not even watched it. Can you remember? Not, I'm not saying you have to recite it now. But I'm saying like when you watch that, you remember every... I don't remember none of my shit. After I recorded, I don't remember none of my shit. I don't forget my shit on stage when I'm at show. <laughs> 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 Shouts to all the bookers out there. Yeah, I know, yeah. Jim doesn't mean that he says, you know. <laughs> Should they know? <laughs> what is the funniest label party or Christmas party or anything that you had to pull up on? I remember one Christmas party we were at. Fuck, what restaurant was it? And I'm in there with Chrissy and Paris Hilton must have been drunk. That bitch kept walking straight at me. <laughs> and Chrissy was like, bitches, you okay? <laughs> they made a left right out of there like, <laughs> She might have been high on coke or something, but she would have got her ass better if she kept coming straight. <laughs> what do you do with your old chains? My old chains? Yeah, do you keep them all or do you... I still got a bunch of my jewelry in the house and stuff like that. Mm, some of them... You never had a chain made that you recycled or anything, like turned into something else? No, if I had a chain made, that was it. There ain't no recycling there. We don't do that type of shit. We ain't melting gold down to make a new yeah. piece. Yeah. This chain is like an accolade. It's like a... It's like an, it's like a you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a Grammy award for us rappers and stuff like that. Yeah, so. You ever you ever pull an old one out? Yeah, every now and then I pull an old one out. Yeah? 100%. Mm. I lost a bunch. Like, I had a Diplomat one that I wish I would have never lost. Let's say Kappa one and all. I like my first Diplomat piece. Damn. Does that mean you left it in a hotel or something? Yeah, or? I think one of my shicey friends actually pawned it back in the days. That's, little, that's little, fucked. Little broke, dirty boy. Damn. Should we call him out right now? I, yeah. th I, think, he, I think he got... What 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 his hand called for? <laughs> I think I think he was dealt with in a in an orderly fashion. Do you ever regret giving some besides this guy? Um, do you ever regret giving a chain to anybody? Um. Hmm. Uh, if I gave you a piece of jewelry, then you deserved it. You mm -hmm. earned it. Mm, if you did some shit after that to piss me off, then you won't mm. get another chain. Mm. What is something that you guys put like the Dipset name or logo on? that either made it like and, and came out or did not come out like mm. i know you guys have like the dipset skate team you guys had um you know liquor you guys had uh various different brands you had but what's something that that almost came to fruition mm. i learned the perfume we was trying to do and it, it almost made it but we didn't get it all together um there's not too much stuff that we that we wanted to do that didn't actually we didn't make happen mm. Pretty good at the uh, executing. Um, Is there anything that did come out that you wish was bigger? Well, we had a chance to did probably already cashed out the game when we were dealing with the lick and the scissor. But at that time, me and Cam didn't see eye to eye, and we were young with, with no guidance, and it just didn't didn't work out. Too much money in front of us. Do you have any of those old bottles back at the crib? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh huh. With the liquor inside or just empty? With the liquor inside. Oh, shit. Does mm -hmm. scissor get better with time? Is it just like <laughs> it fine wine? Like wine? It, it, it doesn't look like <laughs> something you want to drink right now. But it's still in the bottle. Yeah. It's aged. aged. <laughs> Do you have all the old uh, Dipset merch? Well, I used to have everything um, from when we started. Um, but two years ago, my mom's had a fire in the house and she used to keep all, all of right. the memorabilia inside of her attic. And... All the memorabilia kind of got burnt up in attics, so, mm. oh, you know, a lot of Dipset history in there, a lot of Jim Jones history. Jeff found a... Yeah, I found the Fuck Giuliani uh, t-shirt image great, online, great. and I was passing Epic, it around. I was like, yo, Cam, you guys got to make that again. Great. And he so, was just like, why, is Giuliani doing something? We're yeah. like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> we got to get back at him, like, what's the matter? That's my guy. Yo, but you guys, you guys just did not give a fuck. Like I mean, loved it. We still we we still don't in, in <laughs> moderation. You know, we're a little bit older, so it doesn't look as good at, good on us as it did when we were younger to be so radical and be so much of rebels. But we get our point across the same yeah. in an orderly fashion nowadays. Yeah, um, I do like. And again, I was looking through all of your Getty images. You were hanging out with politicians from a very young age too. Like, how did you get into politics? Um, I'm not really a politic, but I am a people's person, and I kind of understand what the people need from being growing up in the midst of the shithole, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So we made the best out of things, and I know that there's a lot of things that kids and families could use inside of the communities and stuff like that, and that's what I go off of. So if I ever did get a chance to really do 
real politics would probably be like Harlem, do something for Harlem, yeah. like on Charles a very local Rangers, level, yeah. yeah, like that, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Yes. But do you pay attention to the national politics too? As far as what the impeachment? Yeah, all that. Yeah, I mean, impeachment is cool, but it really, I mean, people need to learn a little bit more about actual politics. I mean, the first stage of impeachment was cool just to hear that they was able to do it and that the House was able to vote against them, but we knew that was going to happen. What people, most people don't know is that there's two different votes, and the Senate needs to vote, too, and the mm-hmm. Senate's full with a bunch of Republicans, way more Republicans than they have Democrats and things like that. And nine times out of ten, my homies ain't going to vote against me, so I don't think his homies is going to vote against him. Four years ago, for the last big presidential election, we had an idea that we wanted to bring you up and watch the debates with us and then do an episode <laughs> after it. <laughs> And it didn't come to be. We're back four years later. Would you be willing to do that? Yeah, we can sit down. Right. <laughs> I got some time. We, we definitely sit down. I mean, politicians is a bunch of shit anyway. Yeah, um, but but I feel like the slickest talk. They all like rappers. Whoever talk the slip, slickest and, and get the people's attention the most. Yeah. It, do you find it as crazy as we do that? Like it has become like to the point where like nominees are going to Jesus and Mero and like, you know, Cardi B is doing, you know, events with Bernie, Bernie Sanders. or like that it's become Donald Glover is now working with Andrew Yang. Yang. Well, I don't think it's changed since Muhammad Ali been mm. endorsing who he likes and things like that. Like it's the same type of gig. It's just that it's more we have more eyes on us. You got more platforms for it to be noticed. You got Instagram, you got social media, you got this, you got talk shows, you got that, you got this, you got people that's famous beyond belief. So of course if you you want to try to become the president, you need to be in front of as, as many people with as many ears as possible so they can see how you look and, and, and hear what you're saying and feel what you're saying and things like that. So, you know, I don't put nothing past them. That's what they got all that money for in the campaigns to do these sorts of things and crisscross across the country and get with the people they think is going to make the most sense for them to build their notori- notoriety to for the, that'll get them inside of the offices. It's no different than pushing for an album and things like that. You know what I mean? Like, like so you've you've always been a leader in terms of your independence, right? Like, mm-hmm. you were doing it on your own from yeah. Koch and yeah. I mean, on the early end. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel as passionately today about independence, or do you like see where buildings do make sense? Um, I feel half and half about it. There's nothing wrong with doing big business if you use your independent lane to accumulate that type of money that you could go to one of the big buildings and kind of get a cash out check yeah, to continue your career and do <laughs> things you've been doing independently. Mm-hmm. Right? But so, if, so if a big label came to you now and was just like, we have a cash out check for you, you'd be like, yes, I probably would do it. Meaning mainly for the support system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing an independent deal or doing a distribution deal is a lot on yourself because you have to do so much on your own. Yeah. Like, even when you were doing the Koch stuff, was there any part of you that was just like, oh, I wish I was at a Not a at that time. I was ready But for later, it. was Rick Rubin at Columbia when you went over there? Yeah, Rick Rubin actually gave me my deal, me and Hip Hop on deal. Um, but even that in itself, um, you know, the game is like musical chairs. And at that time, I think Rick Rubin was just finding another chair to sit in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you get a chance to work with hip hop on that project? Yeah, he was my he was my A and R, the, the the CEO, all that at that time. You had your A and R stuff at Warner yeah. Music Group. Warner Music Group. I, I didn't I didn't work for anybody. It was Leo Cohen. Yep. It was yep. Kevin Lowes and Jim, Jim Jones. Jones. Yeah, and you had a fish tank. <laughs> and everybody under me, I was their boss. If you had to do that whole situation again, what would you do different? Uh, not listen to Dane, stupid ass. <laughs> What did he tell you about working in the building? That I wasn't a boss. But it comes to a time and place in this world where everybody works for somebody. I don't give a fuck who you is, even if you think you're an independent person. Yeah? Period. So if you employ people under you, what do you expect from them? If I employ people under me? Yeah. Like, what do you want from them? Do you want them to be bosses? I want them to be on time. That's it? Everything else is calm. Got this thing called a... The boss is late syndrome. That yeah. pisses me off. Yeah. And it happens in all walks of life. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, like the people. And I talk, tell us to people around me all the time, they think they know you so much that they did go with what they know. And that one time when the boss is on time and you late, yeah. 
then what happens? Mm-hmm. Jim flips the table. Yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, I mean, I, I, I would like everybody I'm with to be a boss, but reality is everybody is not built to be a boss. Yeah. Everybody does not want to be a boss. Everybody does not want the responsibilities it takes to be a boss, and mm-hmm. I can understand that too. Yeah. And at that, you just want some responsible workers and be able to delegate to people who really have passion in what they're doing, whether they're working towards being a boss or whether it is like what they're doing and working for the company that they're at. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are wise words from you, and I, I also heard them from Julia on 86. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Jimmy, thank you so much for coming through. It's always great to see you, and uh, we'll see you next time for the debates. Yeah, the debates. That's the next thing. All right. Right on, Jim. Appreciate you. Thanks to everyone for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real, day number 10 of the 12 days of podcast. Jeff, if you want to find out more about us, I'm Eric with the curly hair. You're Jeff with the glasses. Together, we are It's The Real, no apostrophe, no spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast called A Waste of Time with It's The Real, people want to find out more about what's going on with us, where can they Go! You can always go to itsthereal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com. Go sign up for our newsletter. Go shop at our shop. Go read whatever's on our website. We've got, you know, stuff on there. That's the place for stuff, itsthereal.com. All the stuff that you want to read about, it's all there. If you want to find any of our old episodes and all of our new ones, go subscribe on any streaming platform I'm talking about. Spotify, Google, Apple, YouTube. 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 Yep. All that cast box. People are talking about cast box. Get into that cast box action. Did I say YouTube? You've been talking about YouTube, but you're not talking about cast box. <laughs> I, I, I think YouTube is a strong platform. What can I say? Also, Twitter at It's The Real and Instagram at It's The Real. All right. We asked people if they wanted a shout out for this big episode. Jeff, who responded within the last 90 seconds? We have to shout out Malcolm Flex out in, I think, Colorado who said that he needs this podcast to be up by 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God damn. Because he goes to work at 5 p.m. Mountain Time, and he is a power engineer, can't use his phone during work hours, LOL, it's a hazard. Okay. Crying face. We are doing our best to get it out in the next 46 minutes. Six minutes. Do you think you can make it happen? Here we go. Brian Jimenez. It's his birthday. Happy birthday to Brian. It is, what's, oh, it's Sagittarius? It is, yeah, we're still in Sagittarius season. All Shout right. out to all our fellow Sagittarius. Ladies get in for free. That's right. Shout out to True Ralph 103 and the Leaf Gods. Yes, sir. I don't know what that is. I imagine, I think it's like weed. It's gotta be weed, right? The Leaf Gods? Unless it's like maybe a, it's just a bunch of like Toronto Maple Leaf fans? No, Jeff, maybe people are trying to make a, a hard-earned buck by raking up some leaves. I do not think that they are a landscaping company. What? But shout out to True Ralph 103, loyal supporter. Yes. Uh, shout out to It's Just Kevin V, who said, yeah, I'll take a shout out. <laughs> sure. Why not? Shout out to Young Master Art, the pop star, rock star, and trap star. Whoa. Triple threat. Yeah. And dancer. Oh. Quadruple. Yeah. Shout out to First Class Reg. Yeah. Our guy up there with the First Class Breakfast podcast. Yes. Also, shout out to the Rock Files in the building. There you go. I want to shout out Aaron All Nighter, Street Mag One Ken, who said, shout me out, Aaron All Nighter from the Aaron All Nighter podcast. That is a great shout out right there. Also, he said that he'll shout us out if we shout him out. Okay. So one more time. Aaron All Nighter from the Aaron All Nighter podcast, Eric B Media, Street Magic Entertainment. It's a lot. This is a lot of stuff. Well, what do you think he should shout out when he shouts out us? It's the real two Jews, two black dudes. Review the movies, entertainment. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Great. Uh, Joey Torres Omar said, "Yo." Um, I want to shout out Daniel Aguillan. Just a bunch of emoji. He's, okay. from, he's from Monterey. Shout out to him. Trav Dave from The Ohio State. Oh, H-I-O. There we go. Said me for a 17th <laughs> time. Haha. <laughs> Shout out WWTV. That's the What We Talking About podcast. Shout That's out mine. to them. All right. Um, shout out to A Double Row. Who said shout out to Niels. I don't know what any of that means. Is shout that English? To, I don't know. <laughs> shout out to Z Chillin. Who said me. Shout out the Haters Ball Show. That's uh, Show of the Colton. I want to shout out IPTYZLLTL. This is a bad name for shouting out. I'm sorry. Damn. Shout out to you, though. <laughs> um, Mark Serrano said, yeah. Jesus. See, 
this is why you can't offer anybody a shout out because there's a million. Shout out to <laughs> Ant Shepherd who said, shout me out, fellas. I make beats and you can help my next client find me. I would love for that to happen. Shout out to Ant Shepherd. Please go find him. Shout out to Young Chipotle. Shout out to It's a Vibe. Shout out to Leo EPD who said, "Your give your only listener in Lima, Peru a shout out. Yeah, that's me showing some international love. I love see that. You. Yes. We hear you. Yes. Come to Peru. Peru. I would go to Peru before I would go to Brazil if I could hang out with Leo in Peru. Um, shout out to Shot of Adrenaline. And also shout out to Twittersucks11, who said shout out my son Dominic. Absolutely shout out to Dominic. I don't know how old he is. I don't know how appropriate it is to, to play my podcast, but why not? That's fine, Jeff. Shout out to all of our listeners. And hey, shout out to us because we're doing a great fucking job. Well, I hope Dominic didn't hear that. <laughs> 12 Days of Podcast continues. Jeff, as always, not for real, for real. For sure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Right.